Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hi, this is Lisa, and I have a returning guest with me here today. Ian, you might remember him from our Back to the Future episode, and he's back to discuss a new movie. Ian, what movie are you discussing today? Today, I want to talk about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Nice. Um, so, let's kind of jump into it. Um, All right. Did you see this movie when it came out in theaters? I did. I was very excited about it. I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. The guy who uh, wrote, or not wrote it, he directed it. Um, the the two movies that he had that came out before this one were uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, and I was just, couldn't be the biggest, couldn't have been a, bleh, <laughs> No worries. <laughs> could not have been a bigger fan of his work. And uh, when I found out he was making this movie, uh, which I was also a fan of the comic book at the time, I was pretty darn excited. So I feel like this is a cultural phenomenon that I was not as aware of. Like, I could not believe when you uh, asked to do this movie and I just posted about it. I was, like, inundated with, like, feedback and, like, people suggesting things for me to watch related to this movie. Oh, yeah. Same thing on Twitter. I was like, oh, okay. I, like, missed this movie completely. Like, I mean, I remember when it came out, but I didn't see it in theaters. And I actually didn't even see it until this past weekend. Oh, Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I just, I never sat down and saw it. And so, yeah. So, like, now I feel like I'm in the club. Um, well, first off, did you like it? I did. Yeah, I did. I think, I think I like Baby Driver a little more. But, you know, I've. I feel terrible being a huge Edgar Wright fan, and I still haven't seen it. I just, you know, we have a, a, a baby, so yeah, <laughs> uh, it's hard to get out and see movies now. But um, that's, like, number one on my list is Baby Driver. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I wanted to see it. I had been following the news on that movie before it came out um, on Twitter, and I'd watched interviews, and it just kind of – the plot sounded like something I would want to see. Yeah. But um, – I saw it for someone's birthday and then afterwards I was like, wow, I really like that. It kind of made me think about this movie. So it was like kind of ironic that like pretty soon after that you asked to do this movie. So that's kind of cool. Kind of got a feel for his style. Have you seen the other films that he's made? Uh, Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz? I did, but it's been a really long time. And Uh, and those were more like joint directing, right? Or because I heard that Baby Driver was like his first movie like completely completely on his own without his three-person team or or did i hear that wrong uh yeah i guess he uh i i think he may have co-wrote uh the other movies with simon Pegg, or at least the the last one i know for sure uh world's end i know he wrote that one with simon Pegg. uh but this is the first one he's done without uh 
I guess with without Simon Pegg and Nick Frost being in the movie, mm-hmm. this is his, his first one of those. Yeah, I um, yeah, it was really good, and I really liked the soundtrack. So, so I was mm-hmm. excited to see this film. Um, so yeah, I don't have an exciting story about first seeing it since I just saw it. But <laughs> um, so you saw it in theaters? Did you just see it one time? No, 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 multiple. I saw it oh, really? uh, three or four times. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that. I did think watching this movie, it reminded me a lot of, like, uh, I guess, like, when we were younger and, like, you guys were in that band. Like, it kind of reminded <laughs> me of that era. Like, did you get that vibe? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally did. <laughs> and, I, I totally did. And, and after that, I thought, oh, no wonder, like, Nick and Ian and, like, people our age really like this movie because I felt like it really harkened back to that time. Like, even though it was like set in this time, it felt very, very yeah. like, like nineties or early. Yeah. 2000s. Well, yeah. And it, it felt like people in their early twenties, which is, you know, when, when we were doing all that. Yeah. So I was like, you, oh, you're kind of just out it. of your parents' house and you're still hanging out with your friends from high school. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's very much how it felt. And it's not really a a time period that a lot of movies focus on. It's kind of skipped over. So that's kind of interesting that they focus so much on it in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Uh, let me give the synopsis. The synopsis is really funny to me. This is the shortest synopsis of any movie I've ever read off of. Okay. So this movie came out in 2010. Here's the synopsis of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Scott Pilgrim must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes in order to win her heart. End of synopsis. Yeah, uh, that was the, <laughs> the the first I had heard of this entire thing was I, I read, uh, you know, I was like on surfing IMDb and I was looking up Edgar Wright and seeing what he's up to. And then I saw that synopsis and the synopsis made me go and read the books because like, well, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, so that's so you read the books. See, that was something that I kind of wasn't fuzzy on. I was a little fuzzy on until I started researching this. I had the perception that the the books came out like sort of in tandem with the movie, but they they existed before this movie, right? So, like, right after uh, issue number one, or I guess graphic novel number one came out, uh, it went into screenwriting development oh wow okay so it was pretty close it was like after. A, yeah it was a huge like indie hit in the comic book world and so they they started writing the movie before i think i want to say this the seventh book or the final book came out um maybe like a week or two after the movie gotcha yeah because i know sometimes with some movies when they've had trouble like moving a script they've actually kind of made a graphic novel to sort of push an idea. So Mm -hmm. I kind of wondered if that was it, but it it seems like it was, I mean, like you said, it's kind of both in a way in that it was already a success, but also, you know, they jumped on this before it even ended. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. The creator, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, I believe he came up with the idea with, with the intention of pitching it as a film. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's so neat that they do that nowadays with so many films. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've read that story more than once and I always think that's really interesting. And I mean, he was, um, I mean, he co-wrote the script, right? I mean, he was, or yeah, he, was, he was definitely a part of it. Yeah. He was at least, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, referenced. And he lot. makes an appearance in the film too with his wife. Oh, awesome. Okay. I, yeah. I missed that. That's really cool. They were in the background in one of the, the shows that they played at. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, um, I have a couple quick facts 
And then I feel like you may have more, so I'll read mine. And then if you've got something to kind of jump in with, feel free to. Sure. Um, so I like this one. It was that Plum Tree was an all-girl indie rock band that released a song called Scott Pilgrim on their 1998 album uh, Predicts the Future. So the song was the inspiration for Brian Lee O'Malley, the creator um, of the novel's title character. I thought that was kind of neat. And he and Scott Pilgrim even wears a shirt that says Plum Tree in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other one that I had was... Uh, well, actually, I think my other one was mainly just the, the fact that this uh, movie came out like pretty much right when the the books were ending and what you've already said, the fact that, uh, you know, it was sort of pitched as a movie idea and as a comic book kind of simultaneously. So yeah, that's pretty much all I got. (laughs) There were like a lot of facts, but I was like, you know, those were the two that stood out the most to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the thing about the uh, his movies, and this one in particular, is it's just, like, littered with, like, Easter eggs and things that you got to watch it multiple times, and you'll catch something that you didn't see last time, as mm-hmm. far as, like, when he, the way he adds sounds, music, uh, the clothes they're wearing. Uh, yeah, yeah, the color schemes and things yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like the fact mm-hmm. that he's wearing uh, that Zero shirt, that Smashing Pumpkin Zero shirt. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be like, you know, X number zero. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. And uh, Gideon, well, no, no, it's not Gideon. Uh, Lucas Lee has two L's in his name and his like symbol on his trailer has two L's and he's, you know, X number two. It's a oh, lot of stuff gotcha. like that. Yeah. I always like those kind of like visual Easter eggs, like you said. Those are really neat. Um, I don't, and this, there's one that's like super subtle. Um, it's when they're first discussing the evil X's on the bus. Mm-hmm. And you can see the lights behind them, which are kind of like bokeh, which is like a lens effect. Um, they switch between X's and hearts while they're talking. It's just the lights in the background. Oh, okay. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I have to watch it again. I, I caught some things, but I did get the sense, and especially after watching, um, I had a couple people give suggestions to me. So Sancho Panda sent me a, a YouTube video. It was called Scott Pilgrim, Make Your Own Transitions Count. And that's by NerdWriter1. So if you guys want to check that out on YouTube, it was really interesting. It was just basically about how Edgar Wright uses transitions in his movies and just how incredibly calculated they are and visually just interesting. Um, so that was really cool to see. And then also Jack Oliver sent me a review if you want like a straight, more straightforward review of the movie, although it's also very positive. It's called Just Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and it's by The Escapist on YouTube. And yeah, I just, I really, I realized that a lot of, you know, film junkies uh, were sending me a lot of stuff about this film in particular. So that, you know, made me want to see it, obviously. Um, I guess we can talk, we already kind of talked a little bit about Edgar Wright, but a couple facts that I had about him. I really like this one, that his favorite film is Raising Arizona. I love that movie. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like there was definitely a vibe there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I guess what I had been reading about him recently because I was uh, researching or interested in the Baby Driver movie that he had, and I had heard this before too, that he had dropped out of Ant-Man after 10 years 
Ugh. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it was that long. I knew he dropped out, but 10 years of development, that's pretty crazy. I want to say that, like, that was something that they were working on before, you know, that the MCU even got started. Mm. And then once it got started, I mean, it was like, then, like, you know, it started snowballing and it was, they were actually starting to make it and doing the pre production. And then, uh, yeah, just creative differences, you know, just one of those things. I think the fact that it became part of the MCU probably made it pretty tough because all those movies are like a shared universe and they've got like this master plan for like every character. I could see how that could be a little bit restrictive mm-hmm. for him, you know, creatively. But yeah, he, he was pretty torn up about it. I know he says he's like never seen the movie and he has a writing credit on it still. Yeah, they use this, some of the elements in the plot and story because yeah, he is credited as writing the story. Yeah, that's got to be tough. Yeah. Um, did you have any other facts about him? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think if you want to get a really good idea of his style and what makes him so uh, unique to comedy films in general, uh, as long as we're talking about YouTube videos, too, uh, there's this uh, channel called Every uh, Frame is a Painting. Mm-hmm. It's done by this guy, uh, Tony, I'm going to butcher his last name, Tony Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, the video is called Edgar Wright, How to Do Visual Comedy. Oh, you know what? I think somebody suggested that, too. That's really cool. I didn't get a chance to see it, though. Yeah, he's a good uh, Twitter follow, too, and he, he always does these uh, video essays on directors and films, and uh, he did one on Edgar Wright, and it's like, every time I've tried to explain Edgar Wright, uh, I feel like I'm not doing it justice, and I always point them towards that video, and I'm like, see, this is what makes him different than other comedy directors, and what makes him uh, so amazing. Yeah, I think that I had, like, a perception from, like, Hot Fuzz and uh, Shaun of the Dead. But mm. his style is really obvious in this movie and in that Baby Driver movie. Like, it's different, right? I mean, it's been a yeah. while since I've seen those other films, but it's very it's very different. He's one of those directors who, uh, he directs like an editor, kind of with the editing in mm-hmm. mind. A lot of the times, uh, people will just... Uh, directors will solely focus on uh, the performance, whereas, you know, he's doing that too, but he's paying attention to everything that comes into the frame. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's considering what's going to happen when he edits. He edits rhythmically, which is why Baby Driver is so good, because he kind of already does that naturally. Yeah, yeah. I definitely saw that a lot um, in that movie and this movie, and then seeing those kind of like behind-the-scenes things really helped with that too. Yeah. I mean, you had mentioned uh, when we were discussing this uh, before we started recording that he's your he's your favorite director. Is that oh right? yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I've loved everything he's done. Every single movie, he hasn't steered me wrong once. And uh, even his uh, first TV show, Spaced, is really good. Ah, oh, I didn't realize that was his show. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like where he got his his directing feet wet, necess- uh, so to speak. That's kind of where he got his directing sea legs if i i don't know why i'm using so many nautical uh <laughs> euphemisms <That's okay>. but... <laughs> um i listened to a really cool interview it was actually on uh on comedy bang bang but um sometimes they do like a they do kind of a serious interview sort of in the beginning of their podcast but this one i mean they focused on him a lot and i kind of learned a lot about him it was right mm-hmm. before i saw the movie because he was plugging the movie um but they talked about how uh, his the name of his first film. Do you know the name of his first film? I'm trying to remember what it was, but they they mentioned that like, or he mentioned that. 
he kind of pretends like he didn't do it because he can't, he just does, really does, <laughs> didn't like how it turned out. I'm trying to find it now. It's a really good interview, actually. It's like really entertaining. And he had a, I'm sure you already know this, but he had a music video too that he did a long time ago. Oh yeah, that that's what Baby Driver's based on. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was called Fistful of Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he just he just talked a lot about about that movie and how it's like I think it's like not even like two hours. It's just <laughs> I don't know. It's it was pretty funny if you hear him talk about it. But um, okay, well let's talk a little bit about Michael Sarah. I had read that Edgar Wright saw him in Arrested Development. And it happened to be around the time he was developing this idea, and that's kind of why he chose him. Yeah, well, he's. I know that there was like a lot of, I guess, internet backlash, like you know there always is with uh, any rabbit fan base, and a lot of fans of the of the graphic novel were upset that it was Michael Sarah and not somebody else, because I guess they didn't like the way he looked or something. I don't know. Oh my know. gosh, I feel like the the whole point of that character though is that he's kind of like not particularly badass. He was perfect for it. He's, yeah. he's absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, by this point, too, when this movie came out, he had done Arrested Development, Superbad, Juno. He's a pretty big star. I think sometimes that happens with uh, fan bases. You know, they kind of... It, it's hard for the film the filmmakers to ever capture what you might have fan-casted in your mind, but it's, right. I mean, he did an awesome job, and yeah, he does a great job in every movie, and it's kind of cool. I had read they mentioned that in this movie, he, you know, typically he's like very um, unassuming and charming, and this character is none of those things. <laughs> you know, His he's, character, he's, he's horrible, and I think that that's kind of refreshing to see Michael Sarah that way because I think it really sells that character. Yeah, to the audience, so I, I loved it. Um, yeah, I, I like that he's. He's kind of a jerk. He has sort of a, a character arc where he gets a little bit better and then he's our hero in the end. But I, I was surprised by that going in. I think I had a perception of how the movie was going to be and then it, it was different than what I thought for sure. Yeah, I feel like everybody kind of has or at least knows somebody like uh, Scott Pilgrim. who's yep. very just kind of he's, he's more or less a nice guy, but he's also very self-serving. Uh, yeah, yeah, very like uh, myopic, very, um, yeah, just he only thinks of himself pretty much. And he sees, you know, everyone in his life is kind of supporting him, but he's not really doing anything for anybody else. Right. And, and he's like, not necessarily, but well, he, he was cheating on uh, knives, but he yeah, doesn't do of. anything malicious. Right. And it's like cheating when they're not even holding hands. I don't, I don't know. I think it was just crappy, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, and he, I wondered watching this movie, like, I guess they don't really address it, but does he have a job? That was uh, no. I had. Okay. No, <laughs> I at one like, point in the comics, he gets a job, but no, not in the, not in the movie. The movie takes place in about a week and oh, okay. the, the comic books take place uh, over a year. So, you know, it's really, they had to condense a lot. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I knew that the, the timeline was was condensed but i wasn't sure yeah like they kind of brushed the uh the katayanage twins under the rug in this movie because they they play like there's like an entire graphic novel with those two in it i need to read this book it's, really, it's awesome or these books yeah I, I i didn't know like i i had seen the the comics at the store before but i've never read them or anything 
Yeah, like there, there's a, a whole section with Knives' dad, who's like a samurai. It's crazy. That's it's cool. good. They did a really good job considering how much was actually in the books and how do you condense that into one single film. I think they did great. Yeah, it was very entertaining. Um, I want to talk. The second person I want to talk about really quick is my favorite character. <laughs> I really liked Wallace, uh, Kieran Culkin. Oh yeah. I like. I just. I loved him in this movie. He was so good. Um, I don't know. He was just. He was. He was the best. Yeah. Uh, he had a thing for guys with glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halfway through the movie, I was like, Nick, doesn't he have a boyfriend? And he goes, yeah. yeah. Other, other Scott. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> other Scott. I, I really like that part of the movie where uh, Michael Sarah's like, well, you know, he basically kind of calls him a hypocrite when he tells him to break up with knives. And he just yeah. gives him that look like you can't just bring up my my issues to solve your yeah. issues. I thought that was really cool because I think sometimes it's tempting to make that like best friendy character, first of all, one-dimensional, which I don't think Wallace is. I think he's pretty fleshed out. And then also, okay. you know, he's not perfect either. But just because he's he's like, do as I say, not as I do, basically. I just really like that. Yeah, um, he's not perfect, but he's very aware. Yeah, he's not really fooling anybody. Right. Um, yeah, I, I liked all his scenes, the way he would just kind of cut to uh, cut to the chase of stuff when people were kind of dancing around things. Um, I yeah. really I really liked him in um, Igby Goes Down. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I, like when I saw him again, I was like, oh, I forgot about that movie. That was a good one. Yeah. I wish yeah. Karen would do more because he was really good in this movie. Yeah, he's my favorite Culkin for sure. You're not a Rory fan? Uh... What was he in? Maybe I'm oh, drawing signs. Oh, okay. I don't remember him in Signs, no, <laughs> but no, maybe if right. I went back and watched it again, maybe. <laughs> it's funny sometimes. Uh, we've been watching a movie, and all of a sudden, uh, Nick and I will be like, "Is that a Culkin?" <laughs> like that's happened more than once. Like there was another movie about, like a I think it was called Mean Creek, and it had a Culkin in it. Oh, okay. I think it was that movie, but we were watching it. I think that was probably Rory Culkin. Okay, okay. Well, then maybe I do like that guy. Yeah, we were watching it, and we both went, is that a Culkin? (laughs) We, like, looked it up, and it was. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I really like here, and I I think he does an awesome job. And I read one comment that was, like, he is a stereotype and also the opposite of that with his character, and I I think that is pretty accurate. Even Um, though everything at that Scott's house and then everything in there is, I mean, uh, it's uh, Wallace's house and everything in there is Wallace's. That was my other question. So that was Wallace's house? Okay. Yeah, more or less. In? Okay, okay. Because he says in the movie, or uh, Scott Pilgrim says, this is where I grew up and this is where I live now. And I was like, uh, is this your parents' shed? Like, I couldn't figure <laughs> out like what his living situation was. But, well, they, was they act- that, that's an actual uh, location in... Uh, in Toronto. Oh, okay. Like it's a real place, and apparently all it is is just like you open up. It's like a, a storage kind of thing. It's almost it's basically the size of a closet if you actually go in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, when he was trying to come up with where Scott would live, he he remembered that uh, seeing that little area, and so he drew it. And that's I mean that's a real location. A lot of the places, like the uh, coffee shop that his sister works at. Mm-hmm. That's a, a coffee shop that Brian Lee O'Malley's sister works. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And uh, 
and her name was Stacy and his sister's name is Stacy and she actually wears the pin that his sister wears at work. Oh wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I thought that was really neat. It always feels, you know, more authentic when the writer kind of, you know, they always say write what you know and you can really you get the feeling that um that they really live there and that you know, it's a real place. I mean, obviously Toronto's a real place, but right. just in the movie, it, it feels authentic. Yeah, and they, they kind of play on that whenever he's fighting uh, Lucas Lee. And, you know, they go to Castle Loma, which is, a, you know, a famous location. Uh, it's where they shoot. The, that's the X-Men mansion. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And uh, so while they're fighting, you see a, a, a um, what's it called? It's like a backdrop for a city, like a skyline, and it's fake. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever he gets uh, punched through it, he rips the. Uh, it, I think it was. I think it's supposed to be Seattle or something in the picture. But when he rips it, it actually reveals the uh, the needle in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're just kind of playing on this this idea that a lot of places go to Canada to shoot movies that take place somewhere else. I was just about to say that. I feel like they film everything in Canada now. Yeah. So they they were kind of making fun of that when they did that action scene. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, because they're trying to show you that we did, in fact, film this in Canada. <laughs> I get it. it. And it was Edgar Wright's first film in North America, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, I, I think, guess it would be. I think so, because I had read a fact that he had asked that there be no, like, British actors, even though one did make it into the movie, but yeah. he was, like, wanting to keep it authentically North American. Right. Yeah, I think most of the, uh, I know a good chunk of the actors, if not, if not, what are they, all Canadian? Most of them? I know Michael Sarah is. I know, uh, yeah, I think a good chunk of them are Canadian actors. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead? She might be. Um, the, she was the next person I wanted to talk about, uh, Ramona. Who I yeah. like totally did not recognize at all. Like I've definitely seen her, you know, several times and didn't know that was her. She looks so incredibly different in this movie. Oh yeah. Well, you know the wigs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked her in this uh indie film called Faults. Have you seen that? I have not. It's I think it's on Netflix. It's really it's a weird movie. It's about um this guy that writes this guy that helps people leave cults, like he's a public speaker and he helps people break free from being in a cult. And yeah. uh, this family begs him to help their daughter. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't get personally involved anymore. I just do these appearances, but he's so broke. He goes ahead and does it. And it just go, it just gets crazy from there. Oh. <laughs> I won't say anything cause I don't want to ruin it, but uh, she's the main character. She's the daughter. It's a, okay. it's a really trippy film, but yeah, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. But I saw her in that, and then she's also in Death Proof, and yeah. she's on that show uh, Fargo, too. Yeah, she's really good in Fargo. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man, she's done a lot of good stuff. Yeah. She was on a, a really short-lived TV series called Brain Dead that was, like, really weird. It was like bugs were, like, controlling people's minds or something. Oh man, was that on Netflix or? No, I want to say it was on CBS. Oh okay. No, I haven't heard of that. I mean, it it got canceled in 2017 or, or no, I'm sorry, uh, 2016. 
Oh, gotcha. But it was like short lived, but it was weird. I only <laughs> saw one episode and I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, well, that Fultz movie was pretty weird. Um, Check that out. At the end of it, I was kind of like, I think I recommend this, but it was pretty strange. It's good, though. She does a good job. Um, I, I liked the fact that Ramona in this movie, the character, you know, they don't demonize her for having all these exes because I feel like that's kind of the trope, right? Like, Right, yeah. Yeah, so they kind of turn that on its head and how, you know, on some level it's like, she can't help that people create this fantasy version of her in their heads. And then she ultimately, you know, feels that she doesn't live up to that expectation. And then the cycle kind of begins again. Um, yeah. I thought that was a really interesting take, but yeah, I, I really liked her character a lot. Um, do you want to talk about the, the exes? Oh, sure. Which one is your favorite? Oh man. Okay. So it's a toss up between, Todd Ingram or Lucas Lee, um, which, you know, is Todd Ingram's the vegan. Brandon Ruth. I love yeah, him so much. Yeah. Because Nick and I watched that show, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and he plays the Adam on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we were always like, I love that guy. I think he was Superman, too. In the Oh, yeah, he was. And, he started yeah. off in uh, soap operas. Oh, really? Yeah, I can yeah, see that. That's where he got his start. He's very, very likable, very endearing. Yeah, I could just this movie. With, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can tell, like, the people who played the exes, they got to have, it feels like they got to have the most fun on set. Oh, and just, yeah. like, being campy and, like, hamming it up on camera. For so sure. So, it's hard to tell, but, man, I feel like Chris Evans and uh, Brendan Routh look like they had the most fun. For sure. I, but, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I guess I'd have to go with, I'm sorry, I'd, I'd have You're to go fine. with Todd Ingram. He's got to be my favorite one with the base battle and getting taken down by the vegan police. That that was amazing. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. But I also like, like you had mentioned a second ago, I, I like Chris Evans. I, I think I didn't realize he was in this <laughs> because I missed it when it was in theaters. And so when I saw his name come on the title cards, I was like, oh. And then when I saw him, I was like, that makes sense. Because I was, I was thinking, like, how do you fit Chris Evans into this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's it's so perfect. And I, I like his demise uh, when he rides the skateboard. Yeah, he tries to do a grindy thingy. A grindy thingy. Rails. Yeah, yeah. And, and wasn't that kind of that was his thing, right? That he was an actor, but also a skateboarder. Yeah, kind of. Okay, so <laughs> the original, uh, he's kind of based loosely on uh, Jason Lee. Oh, okay, okay. Because he was a skateboarder before he was an actor. Oh, got it. Okay. So very loosely, because I mean. In this world, Lucas Lee is a huge star. Jason Lee was, you know, I guess he kind of hit his peak with My Name is Earl, but. Right, right. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I totally missed and, that. And the funny thing is there's a line he says, you know, just before he gets destroyed on the rails. Is he, uh, 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 Karen Culkin tells him, you know, big fan. And he says, why wouldn't you be? And then uh, apparently yeah. that's something <laughs> that the uh, the singer from The Vines that's what they. That's what he told uh, Edgar Wright when Edgar Wright met him backstage. Oh my God! Yeah, so he put it in the movie. He's like, "Man, that's probably the the worst thing anybody's ever told me." That is so incredibly rude. <laughs> yeah. So I just think it's funny that they put it in there. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember whenever he's saying "Wow," whenever he's watching him go down the rail. Do you remember that bit? Yeah, yeah. And the third time he <laughs> says it, 
Edgar Wright directed him, told him to uh, say it like a Muppet would. That's and, hilarious. And he just opens his mouth for a while and just goes, wah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Perfect. Perfection. Um, I think for me, the, the favorites that I had, I'm looking through the list really quick. I we, think I'm we can go to... through them. Oh, yeah, let's go through them. Let's do it. Okay, so, so let's go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you want to go with one, the first one, Matthew Patel. I loved that character. <laughs> Man, okay, so I took um, some friends to see us when it came out, and they looked at me like, what did you take me to whenever really? he first started singing? <laughs> it's kind of, it does, it's a little unexpected because there's, there's not really, there's no other singing ones really. Right. But, you know, I think Anna Kendrick was, like, the uh, the audience, basically, when she's watching it. And she's like, what? You're like, what's happening? happening? What movie yeah. am I in? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I loved his character. I loved the dancing. Uh, it was just, it was awesome. The demon hipster chicks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, so I remember talking to somebody that I used to work with who saw the movie. And he was disappointed in the movie because he thought that he was going to see an origin story of some kind of like how what? Scott knows how to fight and has all these abilities. And I'm like, well, it's not really about that. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing realistic about what's happening. Therefore right. you and don't need an explanation. I mean, I don't know that to me that the movie is kind of like fourth wall breaking in that way. Like I think that they're, yeah, it knows what it is. And it's, yeah. Too. And it's, it's heightened reality. Cause I mean, Scott is a dreamer. And this is all basically playing out in his mind, and he's the hero. So, you know, it's hyperbole for what's happening. Sure. Yeah, I, I heard, I think it was actually on that review that someone sent me. They were saying it's kind of like what somebody that maturity level, that age, how they're kind of reasoning out what's going on in their life, you know. Right, yeah. So you're seeing it from his perspective. And I think, you know, that's that's a, a nightmare to, to find this girl that's so incredibly mysterious and desirable and yet she's got these seven exes and they're all i mean they're all like your worst nightmare a super famous actor you know yeah uh, just really handsome in the in the band with your ex like all that stuff is kind of like i mean that would be too much of a coincidence <laughs> so yeah. you know yeah i definitely was not disappointed with that um but I, I really liked uh, Matthew Patel's dance number. And also, I had a question about his whole look. Like, this is the point in the movie where I was starting to wonder, like, later, I guess, they sort of, it is supposed to be modern day, right? Because yeah, I mean, it's it's just, yeah, it's supposed to be just kind of... Just hipsters, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Patel's look is very, like, I don't know, like, early 2000 or grunge or emo even like i don't feel like yeah, that's no. a look now right <laughs> like that right. kind of stood With, out like to the me. eyeliner and stuff yeah 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 well i mean he's dressed like he is in the comic book and i mean they oh, even made gotcha. fun of his outfit ask him if he was a pirate right right yeah that's true okay so who is number two i think you have them all oh no yeah that's uh lucas lee lucas that's lee was number Chris two Evans. okay cool yeah yeah definitely a favorite and you can actually look up all the fake posters that they made for that movie. Oh, awesome. And man, I can't remember the names of the movies, but they were so good. And they all had really cheesy taglines. Yeah, I like the commercials that they show in the movie. Like, you see, oh, like, yeah. a, you see like commercials for his movies, and you kind of get uh, to learn uh. who he is before you see him. 
Okay, so here's a couple of his movies. One of them was <laughs> You Just Don't Exist. <laughs> well, and I think the... that's the movie that that's that's the part of the movie that you see in the film is yeah. You Just Don't Exist. Yeah, and it he says has some uh, lines like from the movie that he says and they're really funny. Yeah, and the tagline for that is Cole has his name is Cole Hazard. <laughs> just oh, got God. a call saying he has 89 minutes to live from himself. <laughs> I want to see that movie. And then there's uh, there's there's one where he's a doctor and uh, he's running and there's like an explosion going on behind him and it's called Action Doctor. Uh, The good news is you're going to. Yeah, the good news is you're going to live. The bad news is he's going to kill you. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I, Uh, you're right. Can you make these movies (laughs) or at least shorts (laughs) with Chris Evans? Yeah. And then when uh, whenever uh, Scott's leaving and or I guess Kieran's leaving because he's going to go stalk him and he shows him a picture of, of uh, Lucas Lee. It's a poster for uh, let's hope there's a heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's like a romantic movie. And uh, <laughs> the tagline is kiss me. I'm dying. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's too accurate for, yeah. some, for some action stars. In all the posters, he basically looks the same. He's doing the arched eyebrows and with his beard. He's kind of doing that in, the headshot I'm looking at online, so not too far off. <laughs> yeah, he said that uh, apparently he got like migraines uh, on set. Chris Evans did because of the uh, of having to arch his eyebrows. I think it's like because I'm so used to him now as like Captain America. Yeah. When I saw a Snowpiercer, I like didn't know that was him. Yeah, BC said the same thing. <laughs> like, we, it's weird how I saw Snowpiercer. So I, I was talking to Kara, and she goes, Let, let's just go see a movie. And this is, like, something I would normally never do. We literally just, like, went up to the Angelica and just decided to see whatever was playing. Oh, you picked a good one. Yeah, and, and she was like, let's, let's see that one. And we were like, okay. I had no idea what it was about. No idea. Never seen a preview, nothing. And then I saw the whole movie. I went home. I was telling Nick about it. And then I think we watched it later, and he was like, oh, Chris Evans. And I had to, like, look at him again, and I was like, nuh-uh. <laughs> I, was, I, I literally had no idea that was him. <laughs> yeah, BC, so we're, different. we're at, like, the end of the movie, and BC's like, okay, I, I've been staring at him all time. Wh- who is this? Like, trying to figure it out. And I'm like, uh, it's Chris Evans. What do you mean? <laughs> I guess I just, I don't know, just haven't watched it enough to have realized that was him. Even this time, right. I was like... It took me a second to be like, oh, yeah, it's like, t- I guess from now on, he has to look like Steve Rogers forever for me to like <laughs> yeah. tell that it's him. But uh, mm-hmm. so who is the third? That X? is uh, that's Todd Ingram of the band Clash at Demon Head. Ah, OK. It also has uh, Scott's ex, Envy Adams, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize was Brie Larson. Yeah. That's uh, you know what? I think that's the first thing that I saw her in, and so from now on, anytime I see her, that's all I can think about. You I know, mean, like you always have like that initial thing that you see somebody in, and you're like, like that's all I can see that person doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it probably will be for me too because I, I mean, I'm aware of her, but I don't think that I have followed her that closely or anything. I mean, speaking of Marvel movies, she's Captain Marvel coming up. Yeah, I know. You know what's weird is um, the last episode that I did on Jurassic Park, that movie kept having like Marvel connections as well. 
Like, oh, yeah. two of the characters are going to be in Thor uh, Ragnarok coming up. So, Was it Jeff Goldblum and who else? It was Jeff Goldblum and, oh man, who was the other person? <laughs> I think it was Sam Neill. Is Sam Neill going to be in that? That's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, Love Sam Neill. and the woman El- that, that played Ellie, she's going to be in uh, the next Star Wars movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, The, the Last Jedi. I'm always afraid of saying Star Wars movies incorrectly and like <laughs> right? having a fan come get me. It's a um, very specific fan base too. It is. I was like, I did an episode with Tommy uh, about uh, Empire Strikes Back, and I was like, when they're on Hoth, like, oh no, I'm like it's really bad. <laughs> Dagoba, like I Dagoba, like I don't. I'm. Uh, I think one time I called. The, the lightsaber like a laser sword Ugh, oh no it was bad. i was like oh i'm gonna get these tweets like fake nerd phaser um, swords phaser swords um but yeah so yeah brie larson so yeah a lot of a lot of comic connections in here one dc yeah, two superman Marvel. yeah uh it's, it's, uh lego robin who's That's played right. by michael sarah amazing the punisher the original punisher oh really yeah uh thomas jane He's one of the vegan police. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Let's see. There's there's more in there, I'm sure. <laughs> I think that's just everybody's meal ticket. It's like how Star Trek used to be. Yeah. Like at some point, every actor was on Star Trek. Now it's comic book movies. Yep. Um, okay, I think it's funny that we said like our favorites, and then I was like, okay, let's go in order, and then we said the exact same ones. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh so uh the clash of demon head is actually uh the song that, that they play was mm-hmm. written by the uh canadian band metro oh okay and I, uh I know what band like, they, they have yeah. a full-length version of the song on the soundtrack that's sung by uh metro or the the lead singer but brie larson actually performed the version that's in the movie oh wow that's yeah. pretty cool i don't have yeah. as many facts about her but go ahead go ahead Although you got to see the room though, because the room is well. I mean, you make sure you have time to be depressed for a while. I it's one of those movies, you I know. know. <laughs> I think I just ugh, that that whole scenario is like, like, are there any movie scenarios that you're you're like, I know that's a good movie, but I just I can't do it. Like that's one of those movies I'm really gonna have to steal myself and get ready to do. Well, honestly, the room was. It was like we kept putting it off and putting it off, and because like how about now? I'm like, I'm just not in the mood to be sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it's really uh, good though. Yeah, she was also in a uh, short term twelve, which is also I think still on Netflix, and she was really good in that too. Oh yeah, I see that here on the list, and she was and in she was Kong in... School Island. Oh, were you about? To yeah, see she was re- replaceable in that movie. I think everybody was. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> I, I we rented it, and it was not great. <laughs> what else were you going to mention that she was in? Oh, that was it. Just short term twelve and oh, gotcha. Kong Skull Island. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she's the room. I mean, did did she win an Oscar for that movie? Yeah, she got yeah. Best Actress okay. for that film. Yeah, I think yeah, because I think twenty fifteen was the last year I saw. I think I missed it this year. Hmm. Well, uh, let's see. So yeah, drinking uh, drinking half and half. That's a vegan crime. <laughs> It is. I like he's like, are you trying to get me to break vegan? Yeah. (laughs) Like that's some kind uh, of mastermind thing that everyone who's not vegan is trying to do. Yeah, basically just trick him into it. Smoking eggs, bitch. 
They don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, oh man, okay, so how about um, Mae Whitman as uh, Roxy the Fourth X, who played uh, Egg on uh, Arrested Development with Michael Sarah? I was trying to place her. I did yeah, not realize that's Mayo- who she was. May and Egg. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Let me go look at her. That was uh, pretty cool to see her in that role after seeing her as as uh, Anne in Arrested Plain Development. Anne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really liked that girlfriend. She was really funny. Yeah. She was de- she was destroyed by behind the kneecap touching orgasm. If it wasn't <laughs> clear enough, I don't know if it was clear enough, but that's what happened. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I like that he wouldn't hit a girl, so she got behind him and made him hit her. <laughs> yeah, it was like this is our circumventing that. And then uh, that was one of the one of the two slow motion scenes where they're talking mm-hmm. in slow motion, but they're literally just like talking slowly. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't slow it down. They just made them. He made them talk slowly. That's good. That's funny. And, and a technical uh, aspect or. A technical thing that they did for that fight scene is they actually shot it, and I want to say 23 frames a second instead of 24, so everything came in faster. Oh, okay. That's really yeah, cool. That's like an old Hong Kong action film thing, and uh, Edgar Wright's huge on the action Hong Kong movies. Yeah, I can definitely see that that influence. Let's see. Who else? Uh, who does that bring us to? The four, what, X number five. I can't remember X number five all of a sudden. I think that's why earlier when you said, are you speeding through? I'm like, no, I'm just like, I feel like I've just stopped talking. And so I'm like, uh, <laughs> the okay, next so one. Five and, it's five and six. It's the Karyanage twins. Oh, that's right. That's right. Who they battle with uh, an electric dragon against a uh, rock yeti. I like that she dated twins. Like, how does that work? <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, Gideon, which is Jason Schwartzman. Man, he was really funny in that movie, too. Yeah, he's probably my favorite. Out of all the exes? Yeah, for Jason Schwartzman, uh, I think I've liked him ever since Rushmore. Yeah, I was like a kind of a rabid fan of that movie, like a I want to push this movie onto everyone I meet kind of person for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh-huh. I've just, I've, I haven't stopped loving him since. I like him in everything. Um so I loved I loved his ex the yeah. most, or him being the ex the most. And I loved how, like, uh, I guess when he's trying to, when he's fighting uh, Gideon for Ramona, how she sit, sits there, like, kind of, like, catatonic. Mm-hmm. What did she say? She's like, sorry, he's, he, I'm under his influence, or he's got me. And she's yeah, got basically. that little chip in the back of her neck. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she sits there kind of. Slave Leia-ish at his side, like <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's really good. And the fact that uh, you know, after he gets after Scott gets killed, spoiler alert, he actually comes back and gets double points for helping everybody out, like <laughs> making making things right with his ex band. Yeah, yeah. So do we go yeah. through all the all the exes already? Oh yeah, because two of them are the twins. Right. Right. And like I said, they just kind of get like a, a quick little segment in the movie. Yeah, they're just kind of thrown in there. You yeah. said they were they had a bigger part in the comics, though. Yeah, they like he has. It's like a bigger fight 
and he ends up uh he's like he's getting his butt kicked and then uh what's her face uh the drummer girl all of a sudden i forgot her name uh it's uh, it's uh, allison pill i know that but kim pine kim so she she tells scott that uh he got a text from ramona and that like reignites a flame in him and then he beats them up (laughs) (laughs) uh well i guess we should talk about the the other characters in the movie then too like 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 her (laughs) so he, he actually dated kim and there's a, I think there's a short, it's like Scott Pilgrim versus the animation. Mm-hmm. And I remember it came out on MTV before the movie. And it's kind of like the origin story of him and Kim when they first dated. Gotcha. That origin story that your friend wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not quite. Yeah, I think he wanted like Scott Pilgrim training in the mountains and. Like Batman Begins style <laughs> with Liam like, Neeson. How was he able to do all that stuff? I'm like, uh. How are people turning into coins? I mean, I don't know how to explain movies to you. <laughs> yeah, do you know movies aren't documentaries, right? Right. Um, yeah, I I recognized her, but only faintly. Uh, Kim Pine or Allison Pill. Well, you know, she was also in Snowpiercer. Oh, that must be what I'm thinking. She was like that kind of secretaryish looking lady. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, was pregnant or something. Yeah. Or wanted people to get pregnant. Maybe I'm confusing her with another movie. I don't know. <laughs> oh no! What movie is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so the only thing, the only other things I can remember seeing her in were The Newsroom and uh, Goon. I don't know if you ever yeah. saw Goon. Mm-mm. That's a. It's like a movie with Sean William Scott where he plays he plays a a hockey enforcer, which they call goons. A guy who basically his only job is to like run into dudes. Yeah, and that, that's a really good movie. That's a it's a comedy, and him and uh, Lee Schreiber are like rivals. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, she, I hadn't heard of that. She's a love interest in that movie, so that, that's a really good one. And then, uh, man, Aubrey Plaza makes a brief appearance. Speaking of uh, hipsters, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has like every hipster actor possible in it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I love her character too, Julie Powers. And she is the sister in the movie to someone else, another character, right? I don't I remember about her, it. Her, I don't remember necessarily her, who she's related to. I just know oh, that okay. that was, it was her house that they were having a party at and she works with his sister. That's what, I think that's what it is. He works, oh, okay. that's she works right. with his sister. Okay. I was like, I thought, I know I read that there was a connection because she's very, like, involved when she doesn't necessarily need to be. So I kind of thought <laughs> yeah. she, has to, she has to have some connection to be so involved. She just doesn't want Scott to embarrass her in front of her cool friend from America. That's <laughs> basically it. And I, then, man, oh, go ahead. Ellen Wong as uh, Knives. Oh, my She's, gosh. like, the only character, the only sweet character in the whole movie. <laughs> I, I really like how she played uh, a seventeen year old because it was so spot on. Right. Like how she's just like, wow, to everything. Yeah. <laughs> it seems so genuine and so nice. And she's actually I was I read she's like older than them. <laughs> and she's she playing is, a seventeen year old. She's like our age or my age. I don't know. I don't really know I forgot how old you are. Uh I'm thirty three. It took me a minute. Yeah, uh, it looks like she's about the same age. 32. Yeah. We'll say that's the same. She's good in, uh, I don't know if you watch Glow. No, that, that's like one of those shows that 
the second it came out, I was like, man, I'm so behind on TV. Who knows <laughs> when I'm going to see that? Like, <laughs> I know I should, but it, it's it's a 30 minute show, so it goes fast. Yeah, I need to, man. OK, I will see it. Yeah, she's That's really encouraging. Good that. <laughs> it, it helps to know that it's a half hour show. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of shows that are like an hour or more sometimes, and I'm like, well, that used to be easy for me to binge watch stuff, but it's not so much anymore. Right. Like, we're watching Ozark right now, and that... Oh, I want to watch an that. an hour long, and it's so good, but it's like, well, there goes my week. Right. It's like, it becomes like a, a, a part-time job to come home and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, let's see, is there anybody, uh, I was saying there, oh, we haven't talked about Anna Kendrick yet. Oh, we're the worst. <laughs> She's in, uh, everything right now. Literally everything. <laughs> yeah. Including this movie. Yeah. She, uh. She's kind of uh she kind of reminds me of my sister actually my Aww. older sister, and you know in all the negative ways. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> aw. You um, know, just uh, <laughs> telling him he's being an idiot, kind of. <laughs> yeah, she's like a little too involved in his life. Like, I mean, yeah, he's acting like an idiot, but he's twenty-two. I feel like well, it's she okay. gets all she's into the drama that she gets from uh, Wallace, his roommate. Yeah. My, oh, that's we. I didn't mention that when we were talking about Wallace, but one of my favorite scenes is when he calls her and he's asleep, but he somehow oh, yeah. like texted her. <laughs> I yeah, love how do you that. do that? <laughs> I feel like I have friends like that. Maybe I'm that friend. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, I think the only other see, like I know she's really big, but I feel like the only other thing I've really seen her in is like Pitch Perfect and uh, and Twilight. Yeah, she was in. Oh man. I mean, she does, like, a lot of voice work stuff, too. Mm-hmm. She's, like, the new um, Zoe Deschanel. Like, when you're looking for hipster actress, she's, like, there immediately. Quirky girl. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah, not a knock, but... Yeah. She's really known for Pitch Perfect. Uh, like, Into the Woods. I remember... Oh, Up in the Air is that movie she was nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, okay. With George Clooney. Oh, I didn't see that one. Hey, she was in Trolls. I'm just kidding. but she Yeah, was. well, she was in Trolls. <laughs> she was. Yeah, I can definitely see her being a really good voice actress for sure. You said she does, does a lot of voiceover work. Yeah, well, I mean, she's, you know, she's a singer, so I think she has good vocal control. It's probably good for voiceover work. I would definitely label at least the first Pitch Perfect movie a complete guilty pleasure. Like, Man, whatever. That movie's fun. Yeah, it is. But it's like... When I see like the when I saw the trailer for it and the jokes that were in it, like oh yeah, <laughs> the Aka jokes, I just look at Nick and he looks at me and I'm like I'm really sorry, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely gonna see this. <laughs> and he just like shakes his head. <laughs> He's not yeah, impressed. It, it's a good though. I I haven't seen the other one and then they're making they've already have a third one coming out. And... I know it. Now they're like uh, out of college. Like <laughs> the first one right. they were in college. The second one. Yeah, second one was okay. The first one is definitely the best one so far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've seen two of them. So, you know, uh, did you know that the voiceover is Bill Hader and uh, Scott Pilgrim? You know what? I was actually just looking at the list of actors, and I was like, "Did I fall asleep? How do I not know Bill Hader was in this? Like, did I get up or what happened? Did I miss a part of the movie? That makes sense now. I was like, I watched this whole movie, and I don't remember him being in it." 
yeah, he narrates the the thing every time that it does the uh, voiceover or talks about Scott's like ex-girlfriend and whatnot. Oh, okay, okay. I get it now. I really liked um, Other Scott. No, wait, not Other Scott. Uh, Young Neil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Young Neil. I feel like there's always a guy like that around a band, you know? He's like, especially in the beginning, he's like not even in it. He's just kind of hanging out. Yeah. I, my favorite part is when he's he's singing along, but then he doesn't know all the words. And it's yeah, he like, says, says the wrong word. <laughs> it's like, you're there every day. How do you not yeah. know all the words? Um, yeah. I think the words were, oh my, but he goes, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, young man. Neil. From now on, he'll just be known as Neil. <laughs> I got to say though, I know that in the original ending of the movie, they actually filmed that uh, Scott and Knives uh, end up together, which I think should have been the case. You know what? I, I was going to say that. I really... The only two things that I didn't really love in the movie, I didn't really like his apology to Kim. I thought that was like super rushed, like, sorry about all that. And she goes, cool. And that's it. Like, she doesn't have a boyfriend. She doesn't, nothing goes on for her. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like the the ex-girlfriends were too, like, there for him in a way. And then, like, same thing with Knives. It was like, you know what? Go get her. Well, what about her? Like, (laughs) I just felt... I don't know. I thought that was the only, like, I guess, I guess trope, if you want to say it that way, that, you know, that I didn't like. I I felt like those two characters should have had more of a wrap up. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with that. And and they do in the comics. Everything gets wrapped up nice in the comics. It's just, you know, they got to be super quick and wrap it up in the movie. Right. Like, Indy Adams plays a much bigger part in the comic book, too. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh,. I thought it was funny that, you know, like when he, because in the comic book, he fights Nega Scott. Oh, yeah. And uh, in the movie, the the movie version of Nega Scott is basically the opposite of him, which he's actually a really nice guy. <laughs> so that, that totally makes sense because Scott's kind of a piece of crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah so really, he Go no ahead. lesson was learned. Were there any other characters that you... Uh... You know, they had like the throwaway quick characters like Como, uh, oh, the yeah. guy who knows everybody in town. <laughs> I loved him. Shows him a, a very terrible sketch. He's like, oh, yeah, Ramona Flowers. Yeah, immediately says, oh, that's Ramona Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I read that like it was supposed to be a picture, but then they decided that was funnier, which I yeah. agree. It was in the trailer, it, I remember. Yeah, it was like an actual picture of the character from the comic. Oh, got it. Okay. Not a photo, but like a, a drawing of the comic. Okay. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I feel like I kind of mixed this in with just because there were so many actors in this movie. But was there any particular scene we haven't talked about yet that was like your favorite? Oh, man. Okay. No, because we've talked about all of it. We talked <laughs> pretty much about the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I think from the get go, the first thing you you see is you know. A pixelated, uh, what a Universal logo, mm-hmm. and then it immediately cuts to the intro for um, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Yeah, and, and, they and already I was I was in a hundred percent when that all happened, and then <laughs> everything else in that movie is so amazing. I um, think, yeah, I think I had this perception that it was going to be 
like anime-ish, but it's not. It's it's video game. Like video game comic book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really hard for me to nail down one particular thing that I mean the, the fights are all incredible. Yeah, they really are. Um but, you know, I think one of the things that I I, I tend to forget about until it happens every time is the uh Seinfeld bit. Yes. I like that scene. It's really good. The the whole uh, sitcom laugh track and the music. Yeah, it's perfect. And then, um, you know, it, it whenever uh, Wallace flips the switch on the oven, it turns off. Yeah. And that's another thing with with Edgar Wright and just the, how he uses sound and everything is is incredible. All the sound effects, like uh, I think whenever they're talking, they're at the club, uh, Roxy's club. And they're talking, they're like, she says something to him and he kind of makes, he winces. And it's the, the sound effect that you hear is the, uh, Macintosh paper, like throwing something away in the trash. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's crazy the, the way he uses sound. I think for, for being so into movies, I, I don't know a lot about the technical side of it, to be honest. Like, I guess I'm more into like, you know, like the writing and uh, and the actors and the plot. Yeah. So I feel like you have a unique look on this and a lot of movie buffs do because you know so much more about that side of it, you know, about the editing and about the sound. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like getting a different experience with that movie, you know? Yeah. Well, that's usually what I do. Like the second time I watch it is I, I'll try and I tend to pay attention more to like the technical aspects. But when I'm watching a movie for the first time, I'm just I'm just into the movie. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to have to think about anything else, like while the movie's happening. Sometimes it happens where you you'll see something or hear something. But I mean, for this movie, I mean, I watched it the first time and I was just a, like a, a kid watching the movie for the first time. Yeah, I, I'm. Again, like I've just been really fascinated by how strong of a connection people have to this film. Like, it's weird that I just didn't see it at all. <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> that I did, you know, because now I kind of I get it now. Good. Good. You have to. So, okay, so let's go into our our, our last couple of questions then. Uh, what keeps you coming back to this movie? Like, why do you think you've seen it so many times? Uh, well, more than just like, you know, the music and the references and, you know, just how funny it is. Uh, I, I would say it, I, I like to watch it from a technical standpoint. Yeah. Uh, like I, I'm really inspired and, and, uh, by the way Edgar Wright, uh, you know, directs and edits and, uh, I was, I'm a, I'm a fan of Bill Pope as the, uh, director of photography for this movie. And because uh, he did, you know, he did like the Matrix movies. He did the Spider-Man movies one through three. He wow. did uh, World's End and Baby Driver. Oh, OK. So he, he likes to use that DP now. And, uh, I, you know, like anytime I've, I've made a like I changed how I did some of my student films uh, after I saw Scott Pilgrim, just the way it was lit and the way things moved in and out of frame. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I'll just kind of watch his movies and just take notes. You know, I, I definitely wouldn't want to rip him off necessarily, but, you know, <laughs> but just I to mean, be inspired by. Oh, for sure. I mean, you can't help but be inspired by the movies that you see. And, I mean, even when you uh, take film classes, that's 
I mean, you watch a bunch of movies, so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think it's considered ripping off at all. And I'm, I'm sure he pulls a lot of influences himself. Um, like, yeah. like we were saying earlier, you know, his favorite movies, Raising Arizona, and you can definitely see that in in these movies. You know, mm-hmm. that that you can comedy. Just tell, yeah, you can just tell that he loves making movies and that it, he's having fun, and that's like. I don't know. Sometimes you don't you don't see it the same way in other comedies, especially. Yeah. Comedies are hard. Comedies are tough. They're very subjective. You know what one person finds funny versus what another person thinks is funny, and I think right. you're right. A lot of times the emphasis is not on the filmmaking; it's more just on the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of an afterthought, whereas Edgar Wright is marrying those two things. You know. Yeah. And then, you know, another thing I like to go back and watch is just all the little Easter eggs and stuff and see if I hear things in the background that I didn't hear before. I mean, there's always something. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to watch it again because the more that you talked about it, the more I was like, I feel like I missed a lot. <laughs> yeah, and he did a good there's... job of, like, picking certain shots from the, the comic, like certain panels, and basically recreating them exactly the way they were. Yeah. Man, I need to go back and watch this again. Do it. <laughs> I, I was glad that you picked this movie because I've actually had a few people tell me you should pick a newer movie you know to do one of these and I say number one I, I don't usually pick them myself because the guest picks them but also it's hard to know if a movie's your favorite when it's new you know like right. when you see a movie in the theater you don't go home and go that's my favorite movie ever I mean sometimes right. you do but not typically so while this movie isn't brand new it's it's definitely one of the newer ones that we've done yeah. So, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and it isn't like, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be all-time favorite movie. It can just be a movie you love, and you can love a movie that just came out. True, true. Yeah. Well, um, okay, did we wrap up? Do you think we wrapped up, uh, what would you say to someone that's never seen this before? You gave that pitch, didn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. basically, if you want a master class on how to make an amazing or how to enjoy an amazing comedy uh, from a technical standpoint, as well as just, you know, from an originality standpoint. I mean, the movie's completely original. You'll never find another comedy like it. That's true. So, saddle up. <laughs> Get ready. Um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed watching this. I think it's sort of, when you, when you talked about it not being, like, as well received in the theater, not enough people seeing it, I think it's it's hard to explain this movie. Like, you know... It's exactly what you said, but it's it's kind of like you got to just see it too, you know. Like right. once you see it, you'll understand. But what well, sets it apart so much? But uh, I guess I would say believe the hype. <laughs> yeah, people are very passionate about this movie, and it's for a reason. You know, there's a lot that they are are really into, and a lot that they see in it. And I think the fact that even though it's not like a big blockbuster, the fact that a lot of people that I really respect their opinions in film liking it, I mean, that should tell you something right there. Yeah, so, and I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything negative about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, what I can you pick on about it? Here I go, just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. And I think it's rare kind of like what you're saying earlier for a movie to to be those things and also be like stylistically different and 
fresh and original. It's like it, it almost seems like it has to be like a, a dark drama to to break the mold, but this movie does it without it having that aspect to it. Yeah. I feel like when you pick a lot of favorite movies, a lot of your favorite movies tend to be like comedy or or fun. Yeah. Is that right? Because that's for the most part, that's what I want. Right. <laughs> I just want to have fun. Any other closing thoughts? I don't have any other than to check out that uh, every frame is a painting video on YouTube called Edgar Wright, how to do visual comedy. Yeah. Awesome. You really get a great idea of how I feel. I'm definitely going to check that out. I think I watched one of those, but I think it might've been for another movie and that's how I remembered the name of it. Um, right, right. What was I going to say? Oh, do you, is your uh, podcast up and running yet? No. no um, okay. We're actually starting, me and Mikey, are, we're kind of, we're going to hit the reset button on our podcast. We're actually going to be doing uh, the X-Men animated series. That's awesome. We're well, going to be doing uh, two episodes per episode. We're going to watch two episodes and then basically talk about them, play some clips, you know, joke around. That's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. We both grew up on it. We both watched it as kids and we're, we found out it's on Hulu and we've been watching it and kind of texting each other back and forth, so... We're just like, hey, let's just do this. That theme song, like, as a child, made my heart race when it came on. <laughs> I was so excited every time it came on. Yeah. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, yeah. dun. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that show. Um, that's awesome. Well, when you um, when you have that up and running, uh, go ahead and post, like, a link or something in the group and so people can find you. Man, I will. And then, you know, we'll, we'll do, like, guests and stuff. If you have like any favorite episodes that once we're on that episode or whatever, if you oh, want to jump on, I'm thinking of one right now. Oh, uh, which one is it? Um, it's the one where, uh, it's the one where, um, rogue gets some kind of, I don't know, something happens to her head and she goes, I, she like makes this crazy sound and screams and it's, it's really funny. I wonder if I'm that's the one where it. she, she gets, uh, she transfers her mind from uh, juggernaut. I think so. Oh, yeah. She goes, get out of my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I always like that one that, that I think you've quoted before where uh, Gamma's just saying a bunch of dumb stuff in his Cajun yeah. accent. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I'm going to capture clips and stuff. Basically, anytime Gambit says anything, I'm going to probably play that. Gold mind. I mean, I don't even know why Cajun people like Gambit because <laughs> he's such an idiot in that show. It's so funny. Also, the episodes about um, Wolverine and him remembering Japan. and Yeah. He cries a lot on that show. Man, he really does. He's, <laughs> he's so emotional. He's so emotional. He has, but, like, a photo of Gene that he touches. It's so sad. Yeah, that meme that you always see, like, people replace their photo with something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such a good show. Yeah, yeah. If you would allow me to come on there, I would, like... You're gonna to have to stop me from coming on there because okay, I would well, love to do I'll that. I'll make sure I'll I'll put that episode. I'll I'll make a note and uh, we'll we'll make sure to have you on. I think we're gonna be doing a Monday nights. Okay, I can do that. I and will we'll make probably time release for that. them on Friday. <laughs> so yeah, well, thank you so much for uh, for coming back. Really appreciate yeah. it. Um, My pleasure. Thank you for introducing me to this movie that I hadn't seen before. <laughs> you know what? You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I, I hope to have you back, um, you know, come up with an, another movie you want to discuss and, you know, anytime and we'll, we'll put something together. Will do. Will do. Have a good one. Hey, you too. Later. Bye.
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, That was an awesome episode. Could not believe, once again, all the feedback I got from you guys. Uh, If you want to go ahead and see some of the pictures I received, uh, some links about the movie, I am going to repost all this stuff on Twitter. Uh, You can reach me at AYALisaCosplay. I'll also mention some of it on Instagram as under AYA. And as a Nancy, A-M-I, Lisa. And if you want to interact with some other people that I've interviewed and just meet other movie fans in a safe space, you can reach out to me on the I Love That Movie group. It's a closed Facebook group, but if you just send me a request, I will add you. So would love to have you and would love to get your feedback on all of this. So look forward to hearing from you guys. Uh, Also wanted to briefly mention Ian did get his podcast up and running. And you can actually listen to it on iTunes. It's called Dad Boys, and like he mentioned, they're discussing, you know, everything 90s pop culture, and right now they're going through the entire X-Men series. So if you want to stay up to date uh, on that, please go check out his podcast. Um, last, another thing that I want to uh, plug, I know I said last thing, but there's, there's always more, right? Another thing I want to plug right now this weekend is the McKinney Classic Film Festival. It's August 25th, 26th, 27th. It's the third annual McKinney Classic Film Festival. Uh, This year they're doing the musicals of MGM from the 40s and 50s. And if you want more information about how to get a ticket and where to view all this, you can go to McKinneyClassicFilm.com. And they also have a Facebook page. So yeah, uh, tickets are really reasonable. A lot of really great movies. Go check it out. I I think that's it. If you guys could, please leave me a review. We're at 11 reviews right now. So we're at four away from our drawing for a $20 gift card. So every positive review we get up to 20, once we reach 20, I'm going to draw a name and give you, or somebody, could be you, uh, a $20 gift card for a movie theater chain of your choice. And who doesn't love free money? So please go ahead and leave us that feedback. Love to hear from y'all. And also subscribe and tell your friends about the show. Uh, thanks so much, guys. I will not be giving an episode uh, next week because I will be in Atlanta uh, for Dragon Con. So you're going to have a week off. And then I got one more episode coming out after that that I'm really, really pumped about. Uh, It's Sam from JLU Podcast. Uh, He wants to talk about The Big Lebowski, which is one of my favorite films. So I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned for that one week off. But if you want to see how my trip's going, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to be posting on there like crazy. So yeah, um, look forward to hearing from you guys. Take a little break, catch up on all the previous episodes, and I'll see you next time.